This is MJ. I'm an author, an artist, and a podcaster, and this is my fully operational analysis of The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 3, which is called uh, The Heiress. It is Chapter 11 in this saga. So, anyway, uh, it was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, and it was written by Jon Favreau. Um, I guess probably the biggest... Well, so... I liked the episode. I thought it was interesting. I was a little frustrated with something, which is that the, uh, I think they're the Quarrens, the Squidhead guys, went after, oh yeah, because it's Mon Calamari, duh. Anyway, um, they went after the child in order to get the Beskar off the Mandalorian, and uh, there was the line in the other episode about Beskar going up in price, and somebody wanted to buy it from him. Oh, that was the... Um, the collector dude who was his contact at the fighting ring in the first episode. Yeah. He said the value of it was going up. So, uh, I think it's kind of interesting. I, I guess they were attacking him just to steal the Beskar off of him to, you know, sell it or melt it down or who knows what. Um, but it just, I don't know. Uh, I know the armorer told him that he would have a target on his back or he would have a bunch of people's attention for having the Beskar, but I thought she meant the Mandalorians, his fellow Mandalorians, more than uh, other people, than outsiders. But I guess maybe it was both. I don't know. But just interesting, interesting how the child keeps getting in danger like that. And I just thought that was kind of odd. I also find it strange. I guess people could eat monkeys because uh, similar ancestors or whatever, according to evolution. Or I guess it would be, would it be monkeys or chimps. I don't know. Anyway, as I say, I find it kind of weird that on Mon Calamari they serve chowder made with little octopi or octopus type creatures and they are octopus type creatures them and the corns and the corns even more so than the mon calamari but you know whatever it's sci-fi i guess um the whole thing about uh din being part of death watch i mean we knew that in episode eight i think or was it seven for sure uh it makes sense that his clan is specifically uh from death watch book tan calls it the watch and it's this sect of Mandalorians, and he's like, no, no, there are no other sects, and no, you're wrong, dude, you've been cloistered, you've been in your own little bubble, and you don't know what's going on in the wider world. I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, I hope that makes people a lot more comfortable with all the contradictions between uh, The Way and the rest of what we've seen in The Mandalorians and uh, Star Wars canon, especially because they've been expanded upon so much in Rebels, and Clone Wars is some example, like a lot more in Rebels, I feel like it, it got even farther. So, uh, I mean, that is where we... Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, but it's nice that they're a sect. That, and I don't know why they're called the Watch as opposed to just or as opposed to Death Watch. Um, but whatever, I, I'm okay with that. I'm sure there's some sort of in-universe explanation for that, and I think that's interesting. Maybe after Death Watch failed, they just became the Watch, and they split themselves off um, and wanted to go back to the old ways. So I just I like the uh, the setup there because it sets. Um, Bo-Katan up to be uh, going after Moff Gideon's Darksaber in order to take back, um, take it back to their people, reclaim it, and then become Mandalore herself, potentially. So that's pretty interesting. You know, like everybody else, I wonder how he got it from Sabine, or did Sabine give it to Bo, or she was going to take it to Bo? I don't remember how that went at the end of Rebels. It was a few years back, so I'm not sure. But I found it to be very interesting. I loved seeing four Mandos, like a fire team of Mandos, uh, taking down that Imperial ship. That was super cool. Uh, I like the Imperial Remnant still doing their thing. Uh, the suicide pill thing that the guy had was pretty dope. Um, I liked the, like the uh, dramatic irony that he was contacting off Gideon 
and she was on the ship looking for Moff Gideon, and he was asking for recruits or uh, reinforcements from him, the Imperial dude. Uh, so that was pretty fun. Um, I don't know. Uh, it was kind of funny seeing the child hanging out with the uh, the spawn, the frog spawn or whatever, because he was, you know, eating potential siblings. Um, and it didn't seem like he wanted to eat them. It seemed like he actually had an affection for them, which was kind of funny. It feels a little uh, contradictory out of place, but then again, you know, he's a child, so I guess uh, children change their minds, uh, or <laughs> I could be accused of being flippant at times, so I guess that's fine. But again, I really like the action. Uh, I liked how, uh, as I predicted, it picked up with us getting to Moncala and then going from there. But then, does that mean Tatooine and Moncalmari are close to each other? I guess they are. I'd never thought about it before. Maybe it's more that, uh, no, less than a parsec, I thought she said. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, I don't know the, uh, universe geog or the galactic geography to enjoy it, but I just, I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, I really love how wrecked the Razor Crest is, especially because it was like practically pristine, uh, after Quill had worked on it. And I just love what a piece of junk is now. It really tickles me and delights me. And uh, what I'd said in my previous analyses talking about Mando is I appreciate how hard his life is because it makes me feel better about how hard my life is. And uh, it's uh, it kind of puts things in perspective. You know, it's hard and it stinks, but he keeps going because he's got to do what he's got to do. And uh, he has to, you know, live out his morals and whatnot in this uh, difficult world. And uh, I find it interesting that it's going to get more complicated because he's encountered these under other Mandalorians who don't follow the way, um, or the way that he follows the way, <laughs> anyway, um, and I'm really excited that, you know, she's, uh, Bo-Katan pointed him to Ahsoka Tano, specifically, and, um, I'm super jazzed to see that. I do want to say, there's the mysterious lady who was in the trailer, the shady lady in the hood, who was watching him, uh, I don't think that was a Mandalorian, or was it the, was she one of the Mandalorians? I don't think she was. So she's somebody else, it's another factor, another person, um, you know, potentially another faction that's going to be brought into the show. Um, and I'm interested to see exactly what that, who that's going to be and, and where that's going to go. Cause it's got to go somewhere, right? Uh, that's pretty much all I have to say. Um, I'm really excited to be caught up finally. If you've been following along with me, I'm just catching up. And, uh, from here on out, I should have my, the Mandu episodes out just a couple days after the episode comes out. Um, me talking about what happened so it's pretty exciting i feel like a different energy watching it now <laughs> it's a little more exciting which seems a little silly but it is so here we are um but you can check out mgwinners.com slash fo for all my fully operational analyses and mgwinners.com for all my other podcasts i talk about comics tokusatsu um a bunch of other things you can check out uh and i hope you do that i hope you enjoy and i hope you check out my support page to see uh some of my redbubble my designs up on redbubble that are inspired by the things that I watch and that you're watching too. Anyway, until next time, folks, take care.